Hello, and welcome to the Interculture Podcast, where we discuss the unique challenges of intercultural relationships, including differences of nationality, ethnicity, or religion. I am Ibrahim. And I'm Jenna. Each week, we discuss a different topic on living and thriving in an increasingly global society. How's it going, Jenna? Um, I guess it's fine. <laughs> we had some big changes to this week. Oh yeah, I don't have my foster kittens anymore. Very sad, but they're going off to their loving home, so it's gonna be okay. Yeah, I was so used to them too. When we were recording, <laughs> they were like playing around. <laughs> you know. I guess you're going to foster another one in the coming weeks. Um, I mean, we kind of want to get a dog, so. Oh, you are? Yeah. Mm. If you get a puppy, please get it. Golden Retriever. No, I'm not going to get a <laughs> <laughs> I want a small dog for a small apartment. Okay, small. Puppies are small. Yeah, for a short period <laughs> of time, sure. All right, I know. I'm, I'm, I was just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You like golden retrievers then, huh? Oh, yeah. They're so <laughs> fluffy. They're good dogs. Yeah. So, are we going to speak about the relationships? Mm-hmm. There's interracial dating, and then there's also intercultural dating as well. And you might be doing both at once. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's happening a lot these days. Oh, yeah, everybody's traveling. And moving around, like, living in different places. Maybe New York's always been like that. Also, something you just realize as you get older and, like, meet more people and go more places is that in every country is, there's racism there. In the U.S., we really just are hyper-focused on the oppression of black people here. Of course, there are other races that are, are living here and they are also not treated quite the same in a lot of circumstances. If you go to like Korea, there's going to be some people there who are really racist against Japanese people, right? So it's just something interesting. I think human beings at this point in time are just generally a little bit racist. I don't know <laughs> if you agree, but... It's kind of our tendency that maybe progress in society is going to root out, I hope. Well, in Turkey, it's based on your religion, especially if you're an old generation and uh, your family probably wouldn't want you to marry someone who's not Muslim. I mean, it, it, it changed a lot to these days right now. I mean, my family were okay with it if I was marrying um a non-Muslim? A non-Muslim, yeah. They would be okay with that. I think your family's a little more liberal about it, though, aren't they? Well, actually, they're pretty religious. Mm. They, like, pray five times in a day, every one of them, except my brother and me. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom, is, she takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. If you go ask some people, it's definitely against Islamic rules to marry someone like that or... Yeah. But if you ask other, other people who's like more rebel, which is, which is okay. And also there's a possibility that you might convert your significant other to your religion. So <laughs> I think if I'm not remembering wrong, as a Muslim man, you can marry someone outside your religion. That's allowed. In, yes. In religion, actually. I know what you're talking about. Muslim men are allowed to marry other monotheistic women. Yeah. But Muslim women cannot marry a non-Muslim man, yes. technically. Technically, yes. That's true. But I was looking into this. There's this group called Muslims for Progressive Values, and they offer Islamic wedding services for people who are of different religions. The way they interpret scripture is that 
you can marry whoever, even if they're not Muslim. So you could marry a non-Muslim in your to your family, and they would have they would see no problem with them. Yeah, they would see no problem. Not just because religion allows it; they are like they're welcoming to other other religion or non-religion at all. So that that is my family. How it is? But that seems so unique to me. I don't oh, yeah? hear a lot about that. I can give so much, so many examples like yeah? that. Yeah, in Turkey. Well, my my grandma's made some complaint about it a little bit, but my mom <laughs> put them in place. So <laughs> okay, she always says like, no matter like what your religion is, it just only like depends if you're good or bad. You know. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's uh, she's an open-minded person. One of my grandparents was asking me about, um, you know, my relationship and. I was telling her that I went to the mosque here in New York one time. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, to experience. <laughs> which which mosque you went to? Um, Somewhere in Midtown. Oh, I don't okay. know. Memo asked me afterwards, did you feel like, do you have like that feeling, you know? That spiritual feeling? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but. No, of course not. It was interesting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like, pray properly like they let me just sit down and watch because i told them i didn't know what i was what i was doing i forgot when i was going there that men and women are separated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i was like wait i can't watch you like what you're doing like i have to be alone (laughs) yeah you have to be in a different area and then yeah you shouldn't be seeing men anyway so yeah i went i went up to them i was like you could only listen. You help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can only listen to the Quran that like men are reading off. But uh, that's such a good point. You can listen to the man's voice. But you can't see them. You could sexualize a man's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that You can do that easily without seeing. That's so dumb. Okay. Sorry. What I was saying was that my grandma was asking me about that and she's like, well, I hope you don't, you know. And I was like, what? You don't what? She doesn't talk like this. She's very like liberal and open-minded, but she didn't, she was like not wanting me to be a Muslim. Oh. And I was like, well, I'm not interested in that, but it wouldn't really matter if I was. Mm. It wouldn't make much of a difference. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. Hmm. But I was surprised, you know, I like, I wouldn't think that would matter because I kind of figured everyone in my family knows that I'm like non-religious, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you would think that believing in something would be better than nothing to them, but apparently not. <laughs> so it is a problem for some families, maybe. My family's pretty good about it. Like they might be not used to that at all. Except around the universities, there's not really Muslims living in Kansas, so. Mm -hmm. Same, there's no Christians living in Turkey anymore. I mean, not. I heard a lot of Christians are going to Turkey to escape persecution in other countries. What does that mean? Like from uh, Islamic majority countries, Uh these... um, there's these certain Christians. I don't I don't think it's Orthodox, but it's the one where they dunk you an entire pool of water for your baptism. Do you know which Christian denomination that is? Catholicism, maybe? No, they don't dunk you in a pool. They don't? <laughs> they just sprinkle some water on you. Oh. Well, anyway, there's some Christians... That went to Turkey for religious freedom these days. For religious freedom? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, if you are living in like a certain part of the world, you know, Turkey is more familiar to them, maybe geographically, mm. but it's more open to like people who are not Muslim than let's say some of the other countries nearby. Yeah, of course, from... Definitely more welcoming than other <laughs> Iran or 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or like Saudi Arabia, you know. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, can, I can see that now. Well, coming back to relationships. Do you think misogynism has a big, a big effect on relationships? Oh, misogyny? Misogyny, yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, me too. It's kind of complicated right now because before 2016, I would have said that misogyny was really going down in the U.S. But since um, some particular alt-right figures have come into power, I would say that misogyny is more on the rise now. <laughs> It's very like interesting and disturbing trend. And there was an article that came out not too long ago that was called um, The Rise of the Lonely Single Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it seems like dating in the United States is kind of fucked right now, to be honest. For an immigrant, it becomes harder and harder. I can imagine that. Day by day, especially when you grow older, people are more considerate about your occupation. Unfortunately, mm. I mean, I can I can understand that in a certain way because if you're thinking to have a possible significant other for the future, something you should be considering. For immigrants who comes here for by themselves, they have to like start their life behind some of the people that were born in here. So I think it's become becoming harder. Ten years before, I could see, I wouldn't want to say different class, but I would say different income coming from different backgrounds who would be able to find a common ground and then cherish, you know, mm. be able to run the relationship and then end up getting married or whatever. But I think as the resources getting smaller all around the world and the, the economies are on the decline and I think people are getting more protective about their future right now. Yeah. So they wouldn't want to take risk. It is an also instinct that comes from the first human in history, you know, like you choose when you're in the wild, you choose <laughs> option. You're going to choose like the, the option, strongest male the in strongest the pack. The strongest male in the pack. Yeah, that is, that is, I think, pretty accurate. And this is now, it's, it was like a, mm. it was a muscle work. In the, at first now it's the, I think, your bank account, so... Yeah. I, I of course know like there are some people who doesn't care about that at all and I I respect that but I can also I can understand also understand the um uh, people who thinks in that way not just for women not just for women I'm also like saying could say the same thing about the men you know what I mean so but I think more often than not men want to feel like they can provide Yeah of course I think Women are more concerned with independence, financial independence. And I think they want a man who is financially independent as well. Mm -hmm. But I think from my experience, men are really focused before they commit. They want to feel very firm, like about being able to be a provider to some extent, at least. Exactly. So you and men right now are being more selective. We live in a change of world. Let's talk about the situation here in New York, because I think you would find dating outside New York City a very different experience than yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> From my own perspective, limited experience dating in, mm -hmm. in New York, I found Memo pretty quickly. <laughs> There's a lot of um, people on dating apps. And it's nice because there's a lot of options. You know, you're not stuck with like the same crappy people in your hometown. But if there's a surplus of options, that means there's less of a, a, a need, a pressure to commit to someone because there could be someone better tomorrow on the app. You might find someone better, like more attractive or more secure or whatever. And that's a problem for people And I think people are dating casually a lot longer here. And I think in the cities in general versus like smaller areas, more rural areas, um, people are dating casually for much longer. 
putting off having children for much longer. You know, you can be in your 40s even and still, especially if you're a man, really not that weird to be still casually dating. I mean, women are are pressured because of a biological clock. Mm -hmm. They can only have children for so many years. But men aren't under those constraints. And so I think it's it's a lot of fun dating in New York because there's just so many people with different backgrounds and different stories, you know, to tell. And and a lot of people when they first come here from like a place of less diversity to coming to New York where you can like meet so many different types of people, a lot of people are like, I want to date a member of every race. <laughs> oh, wow. Making a catalog? Yeah, basically. Which, I mean, it's kind of gross. It is gross and not sanitary at all. <laughs> sanitary? <laughs> I mean, that depends on the person doing it. But, but anyway, what I'm saying is there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of like options, many different types of people. But if you are more relationship-minded, there's a lot less commitment. If you're looking for something more serious, it is a lot more of a challenge, I would say. No, I agree. How about the rural areas? Well, it, there's just a different kind of cultural attitude, mm -hmm. especially if you're in a really small town. Most people are getting married pretty young. They meet someone, maybe if their town is small enough, maybe even their parents know their parents already. A lot of people in small towns get married really young and they start having kids in their early 20s even. And that's kind of the norm. If you're in your 30s in a, like a small town, especially like small Christian town maybe, and you are still single, I mean, you're going to feel kind of uncomfortable because... <laughs> Are they going to make you feel uncomfortable or just, is there like certain neighborhood pressure that you should get married or? I would say it's mostly from your family. Mm. Although you, you might. Know, I can relate to that actually. You might feel kind of like weird in around town as well. Mm -hmm. Just people asking questions, you know, oh, why aren't you married? Yeah, that, that is pretty common. That expectation is pretty common, especially the east part of Turkey. And, uh. Rural areas, of course. The thing is, there's no people left in, in the villages now. Though. Everybody's like stuck up in big cities because uh, I think farming is not feasible anymore. Yeah, I would say the same thing about Turkey. Well, I mean, what I'm describing with the cultural expectation to have kids, you know, and have a family mm -hmm. sooner versus a, a more urban area, I think that's global, actually. Yeah. It does seem like cities are getting bigger and farming in the U.S. too, farming is becoming less and less of a viable career option for different reasons. Here it's the corporations are like trying to eat up all the land and own everything. A normal everyday farmer can't compete with the prices of the corporations. So yeah, farming is... That's scary. <laughs> We're not going to have food in the future. Whatever we talk, relationships, religion, whatever you name it, they're like also connected with each other. Economics and relationship and, and, you know, getting married. And I feel like we're stuck up in this world. We're stuck up in this, in the, in the system. Like we can't seem to break our shells. I don't want to sound like a Che Guevara, but it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Break your chains Break and your rise chains. up. No, I'm, I'm not. Comrades. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel so jaded mm. because of that reason. Yeah, it's hard not to. Well, I would wonder, like, what, what can change in 30 or 40 years from now? How the relationship will evolve to something different? Hmm. Well, I kind of wonder about polyamory, if that's going to gain uh, more popularity in the mm. future. But I don't know. It seems like there's kind of a, a clinging to tradition 
in some ways all of our lives here we see the message that being in a lifelong committed relationship is the ultimate goal and like the ultimate plan for your happiness which is not necessarily true for everyone I mean I think companionship is wonderful and even though I enjoy like being single and like casual dating as well like I think that a lot of people believe whether consciously or otherwise that that is like the best thing for your life people are going to cling to that for a long time but I also think that it's going to be harder for people in the future everyone having a smaller attention span basically and nowadays people young people feel more socially isolated and young people in America anyway are not having sex until later in life than like past generations and like not having finding relationships until later let me let me tell you something okay I, I'm sorry for to cut you off but isn't this isn't it weird that that are like less religious people than ever right now but age of having sex is higher now doesn't it just go to show that like if you don't make sex into this weird unholy thing then people are just more relaxed about their sex life and like waiting until the right time and mm. not like it just becomes a normal part of life which it is but I, I don't think it like that's a one-to-one -one correlation. I think there's a lot of things involved with... Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like, it proved wrong, actually. Religion doesn't have any attainable effect that people's sexual lives. But that's how we got taught by our families. If we don't have religion, we would have less control of our needs, like hedonistic passions, you know? Yeah, which is such bullshit. Yeah, it's, I mean... I don't know. I'm just really angry about the way I was taught about sex as a young person. Like, still now, like, even today, I'm still dealing with it. It's getting better, but, like, it's still a problem. Huh. I'm like, how, how old am I going to be before I feel, like, okay just being a sexual being? <laughs> you know? Like, it just seems so unfair. Huh. I'm really jealous of memo because we were talking about masturbation i asked him because i've heard like some muslims are taught like that is it's not good mm -hmm. it's sinful you have yeah one thousand shot what <laughs> that's for a man you only you can only have a, a thousand times Wait, really is that a yeah. thing no like that's how we that's it's what you taught in the... They, wait. They, t they tell you you have like a thousand shots. Like, be careful, you know, like... No, after, they don't. Uh, really? After a thousand times, you're like, it dies. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's the thing. Like... I never heard that before. Yeah, many people used to believe that. No. Like oh in 20 years. Like, I, I used to believe that when I, was, when I was a kid, when I was like 13 and 14. Oh my God. Yeah. That's too funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, we got taught. We, 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 so you're just like counting them out. Like a yeah, tally. you have to be counting that or like not doing, not doing it at all. You just save yourself to your, your beloved wife. You know what I mean? Okay, but nocturnal emissions are a thing. You can't control that. So like, is, does that count against your, your, your mark? Yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Like there used to be the, um, oh my God. Elderly men, I mean, of course you cannot talk to this with, with, with another female, but uh, elderly men used to t used to tell like uh, young boys that that uh, age of uh, puberty, they used to tell, oh, okay, you gotta be careful now. If you do <laughs> more than a thousand times, you might end up not, you know, like it'll shrivel up and fall right off. Yeah, maybe like you're not gonna have you're not gonna feel anything. <laughs> so. Well, that's really fucked up. Yeah, that's really fucked up. So, like, save yourself, you know. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. <laughs> In most, like, Christian churches, like, masturbation is considered, like, a sin against Yeah, you. sin. Because it 
it hurts your soul. Same and yeah. Yeah. And I've heard people growing up in a Muslim community, they were taught the same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's unholy. So I was asking him memo about it. Like, did they teach you that when, when you were growing up? And he said, no, you should do it sometimes, you know? So like, you're not focused on that. Like you can focus on other things. It helps you to do sometimes. And I was like, what? No, he probably learned that after. Okay, well. It, is, it isn't like that. You, It is a process. Nobody tells you, oh, masturbation is okay. But he grew up in the village. So. Other than, other than your urologist. I'm pretty sure that nobody, nobody, tell him, nobody told him that when he was a kid. I don't know. He discovered himself. I discovered myself that. No, but I mean, I was asking him specifically, mm. like, what he was taught. Well, it might be this. Okay, there's this exception. If you really... <laughs> there are exceptions, okay? <laughs> okay, like, one, one exception. Some, like, religious leaders, Islamic scholars, would tell you that. If, like, uh, if you're really, really horny and then you have no, no other choice, you cannot hold that, you know? And if you're, like, a young male and if you started looking at other other females in that way but wouldn't they tell you that you can't in that case because that that's your fault for looking at women yeah but they um there's also they, they also knew that they're devil inside you always <laughs> there's an evil inside you always so in like if you're in in that state you're you're allowed actually okay so just the, you know, like preventing you from a real fornication. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Because of that. Oh my God. But if you're married and it's still like, it's not okay. Even if you're married, it's not okay? Yeah. What? Okay. I know why religions do this. Because. You have to produce more, ch- more kids. Yeah, but shame about like your body your body's like natural urges if a religious organization can create shame in those areas then they can control you because Mm -hmm. the shame will allow them to manipulate you and keep you entrapped in being obedient Mm -hmm. but it is like one of the most fucked up things i think and like, I honestly, I don't talk about this very often, but I think about it a lot, how angry I am personally. Like I said, it still fucks me up to this day. Like when you're growing up, you think that the Pope has like laser eyes. And every time you touch yourself, he, he can see right into your bedroom <laughs> and watch you. And he knows it's happening. That is a lot of work. Well, let me tell you that. <laughs> You shouldn't, you should have to watch like 100, 100 million people in an hour. Yeah. And he has to do it. He has no choice. Okay. That's, that's his curse from God. Anyway, but it's so like fucked up because it's just like such a normal thing, you know? And I don't know. It doesn't well, hurt anyone. Like it's not hurting anyone. It actually might make you like better people in the world you know i don't know but i still find islam a little more liberal than christianism i guess about this issue don't you think it depends on like which which christians you're talking about i Mm. think because some of them it's not a big deal but yeah where 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 i was raised it's a big deal yeah also, this just made me think of like when I was um, like a teenager or let's say starting college, my parents were pushing me like, don't date Jenna, like don't go on dates, don't have a boyfriend, like focus on school, focus on school always. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't even look at them. And then, okay, I was... I was a horrible child as a teenager. I'll just say I was probably the worst you can imagine. I was very unhappy. (laughs) And like, so I definitely dated and I would sneak out in the middle of the night to go see my boyfriend. Like, 
anyway. And they were all pissed off about it, of course. Uh Then my brother, he went to high school. Uh And now all they talk about is, oh, why doesn't he have a girlfriend? He never dates anyone. There's no, like, focus on your studies. You know, don't be distracted. All they ever talk about is like, oh, I hope that he's going to have his first kiss soon. I'm like, this is sexism. That's what it is. Exactly. It's so, it pisses me off so much. And like, look what, look at the result. He didn't get pressured to not have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a girlfriend. He didn't date. He wasn't like pursuing girls like that in high school. Whereas me, I was all, it was like made into this big, huge thing. You can't date. And then I like had all these ridiculous high school romances that led me down stupid, idiotic paths that got me in a lot of trouble. That just goes to show how you should raise your children, I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I was raised like two. And um, yeah, I haven't dated till like, I would say 19 or 20. Then I started dating. But I didn't have like a real girlfriend till like my late 20s. I guess not experiencing dating, you don't know. You don't know about women that much. You're you're not aware of the relationships. But from my experience, I I would have not done like that. I would have, yeah, would want to know more, educate myself. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to tell my younger brothers who are still quite young about dating that I wish people would have told me. Yeah. I I think relationships are one of those things you kind of just have to have the experience. There aren't a lot of examples, like realistic examples. And if your parent will talk to you about it, you might not really listen because you're going to be thinking emotionally about it and not thinking logically. And I think it's it's really one of those areas where you just have to live and learn. You can't really be that prepared beforehand. Do you disagree? No, I agree. Okay. No, I definitely agree. I was just like thinking about my, my past while you were talking. I was listening to you, of course, but just... No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it just passed the cinematic vision of... Oh. in my mind, like... <laughs> that took me way back. I've discussed this with you before, like, I didn't know what a a healthy relationship could be Uh until I met Memo. And honestly, I had a lot of growing up to do prior to meeting him also in past relationships. I'm not saying I, I was a great partner in all respects either, but being honest is like the most important aspect of relationships that nobody really talks about. Because people are more focused on the image and more focused on what what could be achieved from that and not on the actuality of your feelings. A lot of times you're not going to feel like, like everything is rosy in your relationship. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest issue people have in relationships is they're idealizing instead of just being honest, even when it's extremely painful, to be honest. Might be some of the hardest conversations you ever have in your life those are the ones you need to have with a long-term partner i agree with that healthy relationship is the key what do you think about casual dating i never did casual actually yeah i've dated multiple times but uh, most of them i just ended up not seeing each other for the second date i only had like one serious relationship in my life so for my case, it's it's different because I was like shy. Mm-hmm. Also, like my physical appearances matters to me a lot. So if I don't feel confident about myself, I would not date at all. If I'm not eating well or like not working out, you know, regularly, because there's time that there are there are times that I didn't do, then I like feel less confident. So I don't like swipe anyone, <laughs> or like I don't like hate on anyone. So. I think that's that's kind of the case for a lot of people in a lot of areas of life. Like you might not apply for that job if you're feeling like, you know, you're doing shitty at your current job. Mm-hmm. 
that sort of thing. I think lack of confidence is what holds people back the most, probably, in many things in their life. Mm -hmm. Something I heard a long time ago that's really important is you have to be accepting of yourself where you're at right now Mm -hmm. and love that person. If you are accepting and confident about your lowest points, then you can open up your heart to others who can love you. Because you don't want someone who only is going to love you, you know, when you're at your best, right? You want someone who loves the whole picture. True. But I guess for casual dating, <laughs> it's, it is more of a confidence thing. Mm. I think for my case, I prepare myself for casual dating, but I ended up being in like a long-term relationship, so... I had the same experience. Yeah. Sometimes timing's bad. Mm. When you meet the person that you want to be in a relationship with. For myself, it's like, okay, do I want to like miss the chance of being with this person that I, I'm biased obviously, but I feel like Memo's the greatest man in the whole world. I really believe that. <laughs> you know, That's like. cute. And shut up. <laughs> Do you really want to miss the chance of, of being with that person, you mm-hmm. know, because you're not, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. I think what ended up making it work is I just got older and not really that interested in casual dating anymore. I did that for a short period of time and I think everyone should do it. Just my personal opinion. But now I'm like, eh. It doesn't matter so much to me anymore. Now I'd, I'd much rather just like have deeper connections with people, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't really care that much about like casual sex or anything. Any, like the way that I did when I was 25, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I tried. I used to go to parties and raves. But um, I guess I was like still too shy to hit on someone. I ended up being doing nothing. So. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I met like a lot of like uh, quieter guys. Yeah, I'm pretty quiet. Going to parties and stuff, but like... Because I don't want to seem like other guys around like, you know, constantly hitting on girls. And I, I could see that guys, it's just, they look like douchebags. So <laughs> I don't want anyone to see me like that. So I just, you know, mm. go somewhere and then, you know, have my drink and then just enjoy myself. Ended up being like, I ended up enjoying myself. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. Also, I find a lot of like countries in Europe, they're a lot more (laughs) ready to commit than we are in the U.S. We'll uh, put you through the ringer for a bit. You know, there's the texting dance for a bit. And then after like a few dates, you might never hear from them again. Mm -hmm. And or casually seeing someone for months and months and they'll be like well i don't want to be in a relationship (laughs) truly americans sentimentality has been destroyed by capitalist marketing (laughs) and we just never try to expose yeah at some point we never try to expose our vulnerability to anyone and we don't feel sentimental about things so just because someone goes on a few dates with you and you have really good texting banter back and forth, in the end, you might still be casually discarded, unfortunately. Yeah, that is pretty accurate, I guess. Which is, yeah, for a person like me, could be uh, pretty sad <laughs> to be discarded like that. Of course. Yeah. I still think about guys who ghosted me. <laughs> And you know what I tell myself about them? No. I say that they were just too intimidated by me. Hmm. Yeah. That's not true, but that's what <laughs> I tell myself. Yeah, I had a couple of people when I told them I'm a student here and they like ghosted me right after. Oh, wow. Yeah, back in the day. You know what they were looking for, I guess. <laughs> well, that's kind of a a good thing that they that they jump out before, you know. Yeah, it is, yeah. That's, that's later also on, you realize they don't want you because you're a student. Yeah. But I would 
expecting more of a more obvious statement that, you know, instead of not responding to my text. Oh, no. Americans don't do that. They don't say they're not honest. They're not upfront. They're cowardly and go away in silence. I said that sometimes, too. I had some, yeah, communication issues. How about young people, though? I wonder, like, how, like, 18, 19, or early 20s, how, how do they date these days? Do you have any, any knowledge about that? My brother's still in high school. Well, the young one. Mm-hmm. Kids in high school now are probably having a pretty tough time after the pandemic. They lost some prime socializing years. And now everyone keeps talking about how social media is making people lonelier mm-hmm. and more disconnected. Yeah. So everyone wants to become a streamer these days. Of course they do. I don't blame them. If I was 17, I would want to have my own YouTube channel too, I'm sure. No, but I think I think they're probably having a hard time these days. But they're still dating. I think I think most high schoolers get into like relationships. It's not until you're in college that you start like casually dating. Hmm. What about in Turkey? Oh, in Turkey. Well, I have no idea. But uh, it's not, it's like a lot liberal than before right now. Mm-hmm. So, but app wise, most of the people are not meeting, not like here, they're not meeting over dating apps. Are teenagers on dating apps though? I was still talking about teenagers. Mm. But even. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. But like people in Turkey aren't really using dating apps so much. Is that what you're saying? It's not that common. I mean, that makes sense to me. I feel like dating apps, a lot of them are just like ruining people, (laughs) honestly. Is that too cynical to say? I mean, that could be accurate though. I wouldn't say no to that. But I guess I'm like too uh, less experienced to talk about that, you know. Everyone wants to meet the love of their life outside naturally. You know, they don't want to meet them on the app. The apps just make it easy. Who's it easier for? Those the thing. It's actually easier for people who are just bored and want validation. They can say, oh, this person finds me attractive. It's easy for them. Is it easier for someone who's like looking for a real relationship? I don't think so. Mm, Definitely not. I feel like any kind of social space online ends up just being, like, a way for people to try and date you. Well, it's probably more girls are getting harassed, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you're a woman, if you're an obvious woman online and you're young and attractive, any any part of the internet, you're going to be harassed without any provocation whatsoever. Men are disgusting. (laughs) I don't think that's true. (laughs) I like men very much, but sometimes <laughs> they're horrible. That's true. Hmm. There are like a lot of dating apps now. It's kind of become like having a Facebook account, like having an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I think people enjoy being on dating apps to a certain extent because mm-hmm. they get to make a profile, think about all the ways that they're desirable, see if people like them. I can see why people would like having a a dating profile. Mm -hmm. They might get frustrated actually using it, but. There is like this common perception about relationships that you have to keep, keep it alive always. Not to be boring. (laughs) Always find fun things to do or like be adventurous. So like that relationship can be interesting or be fun to be into or. I don't hear that so much as I hear people trying to keep their sex life alive as they're like together for many, many years, Mm -hmm. which is hard because I think it goes against our natural impulses (laughs) as primates. That's another story. But I think you have to do some work on that. Of course, you you could decide to become in a very... um, you could continue in a relationship that is not exciting. 
that is just very much on a calm steady road where maybe you're not having stimulating conversation anymore or doing exciting new things together or like trying to reinvigorate your sex life you could let yourself fall into that relationship and that's fine i mean there are other fulfilling aspects of life than just a relationship but i think with long-term relationships you should get out what you're putting in and if you want your relationship to be stimulating as you age, you should put in some work to keep it invigorating. I used to forget things things in the relationship. I still do sometimes. Wait, you forget what things? Like uh, if I promise something that I'm going to do the next day, I end up not doing it. Why don't you write it down then? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it becomes a really big issue. Well, if you don't honor your commitments, then it's going to be a big issue. Yeah. You might make that other people, like other person, feel less worthy in your life. Mm. It is hard. It is hard to be in a relationship. I just, maybe, it's, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I'm like too lazy, but uh, it's really hard. What they say about relationships, they should be challenging, but they shouldn't be really hard. You know, it shouldn't be I agree. Yeah. super easy, but you, you also shouldn't be like, you know, drowning under the weight of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not mature enough yet. I mean, I feel like I've met a lot of guys your age who they don't want to do the things. <laughs> they, they feel lazy about getting in a relationship. You know, maybe they have other important aspects of their lives they need they want to focus on and they just don't want to have their energy diverted towards a relationship but i like to think that i give energy to my partner not <laughs> take it away but maybe that's not true actually i know that's not true sometimes i i can be a lot of work but like i said it shouldn't always be work mm. well yeah from a, a woman perspective can you like generalize something about men being in a relationship with a, with a man? What is the most exhausting thing, exhausting thing about a man? I object to the question. <laughs> I don't think you can generalize gender because there are more differences between one man to the next than a man to a woman. Mm -hmm. The most common like frustration women have with men is that women are often seeking emotional validation or a listening ear for their for their troubles or whatever they want to express and what they often receive from a man is problem solving which is a normal like impulse for guys they're showing that they care about their woman by solving their problem but women when they are complaining or venting or whatever they're rarely seeking a solution, like almost never. They're usually seeking um, a comfort from someone who understands mm. whatever pain point they have. But in, it's, it's really like this exhausting issue that comes like up with a lot of straight couples. <sighs> like you make gestures to, um, everyone's just making gestures to their loved one to show I want to care for you. I want to help you. I love you. And the other person is saying, I reject your gesture. You know, like, that's not the one I wanted. Mm. And that hurts. What we didn't talk about, I guess, is like, I think the expectation based on cultural upbringing. In my culture, man provides everything. Period. <laughs> Even when you're like in an engaged phase, even when you're dating, you pay for everything mostly. So if you're if you're poor or down, if you don't have money, you can't date. <laughs> <laughs> that obvious. Don't women have like high powered jobs in Turkey? Yeah, today is different, of course, but it's still uh, in the early age of dating. It men still pays and provides. Yeah, and it becomes marriage. I'm not like really familiar with the traditions, but you men buy the buys the house generally. But I know some people that 
if they like uh, the woman's parents or uh, herself are like more wealthy, uh, wealthier, she can also provide the ho- the home, like the place you live. Okay. But in but in general, men ex- expected to have a house, an apartment in Turkey. So uh, you also like are in charge of the furniture too. You have to provide, except bedroom. The bedroom is is designed by a woman, or furniture also gets bought by by a woman or woman's side. What a very interesting tradition. Right. If I let Memo decorate our apartment, it would just be like a box and a bunch of carpets everywhere, nonstop <laughs> carpets. No, no, Memo doesn't. I mean, men doesn't decorate, men buys the furniture. Oh. <laughs> okay. You decorate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now it's like pretty complicated. It's hard to generalize things now. It's because it's everything is changing so fast. Why did the the bride's uh, family buy the bedroom furniture? The bedroom thing is, I guess, there is a saying in Turkey that the female bird makes the nest. That's not true. <laughs> that's that's the that's the idiom. Yeah, most most of the cases are true. But the nest is not just the bedroom. Of course, that that logic doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly know what it is. There is this tradition. When you're in, in the wedding, you get gifted by your relatives with money or gold. Yes. You know that, right? Yeah. For me, it's, especially in this, in this circumstances, it's pretty wrong. I wouldn't want that, actually, mm-hmm. if I'm in a wedding. Unless my, my real close family, they can do that if they want to. What's wrong about it? I don't know. I don't like people coming to my wedding and then give me money. Just tag small gold on my suit and then, you know, wish me. Yeah, long I did life. that. I put gold on the bride's sash. You did? Yeah, and then and then we hugged and took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, I did that too. I don't mind doing it, but I don't. I wouldn't want that person to. Yeah, maybe because of the economical hardship that people are having in Turkey. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, um, yeah, it's just coming to my wedding, just, just come and have fun. That's it. <laughs> How about other cultures? In Europe and the U.S. is like much different, is it? Well, I mean, they say certain that, people aren't buying certain furniture for the house. Yeah, I was like, maybe I did, I did, I did the wrong thing. I was focused on marriage. How about like dating culture? Well, I think what I was discussing earlier about casualness like rejection of vulnerability but once you get to the actual relationship part then i mean normally couples will split financially or split the housework evenly or i think it's kind of people decide what kind of chores each one of them likes to take care of and then i think it's still pretty common for men to like pay for dates and stuff Maybe not as much now, like maybe more people are splitting. The reason to get married now in the U.S. is more so to have children. Like it's a more stable structure to start a family in. Of course, that's not accounting for all the people who are told since birth from media and religion or whatever that that getting married is the number one goal in life, particularly for women. Um, but I'm, there's not as much pressure to get married now. It's just a cultural thing. It's not really like a huge um, societal institution or anything. But I was reading the other day about, well, I think most people know about like arranged marriages in India. But what I didn't realize is just how much the parents of a child are dependent on them becoming married for their status in society. If they don't get their their kid married off, that's a huge stigma for them. They're looked down upon. It's the kind of same in Turkey though. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, like parents expected to have their kids, especially if you have if you have boys, definitely expected to get have them married, and not just marriage, you know, the uh, circum- circumcised celebration oh. too. <laughs> That's another thing, but... Uh, 
is that like public information in the community? Like, oh, yeah. did they circumcise their kid? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that like an invasion of privacy? <laughs> well, I had that. My brother had that. Most, um, I mean, most guys in the U.S. are circumcised. It's becoming like less common now, mm. more recently, but most like Christians mm. do circumcise their children. I think attitudes about that are changing. People are seeing it more as like an unnecessary, painful procedure that's done on babies. And so less people are doing that now, but it's still like most guys here are. But I didn't think like people would be like so obsessed about that, <laughs> that they would be like, they would know whether or not you, you circumcised your son. That's really creepy. And you celebrate <laughs> and you and you celebrate that and then you count as becoming a real man. Wait, that's the sign that he's a real man? Yeah, he becomes a real man. When okay, when are people circumcised? It's mostly before ten years old. I should hope so. Yeah. It's not like when you're nineteen or twenty. I mean the sooner the better. Yeah, because it's a really painful procedure. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you have no idea how much pain I went through. <laughs> do you mind me asking how old you were at the time? I was 11. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's... and they cut me off. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, the uh, the op operator itself, they're not doctors, but... What? Yeah, they, they have to get a cert certification these days but back in the day they would carry a bag with them that leather big bag that all the tools inside they would like this sounds like a surrealist nightmare like yeah, some I, guy I had off my, the street I had my operation I had my operation in a kitchen table <laughs> <laughs> no no don't say that yeah. and my my I was like kind of tall and my feet my, my uncle was like holding my feet <laughs> and the, the other end and the operator the man who was going to perform the circumcise was like between my legs. Did they, do they give you like pain medicine for this? Yeah. They like give you morphine. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. They morphine, they, I wasn't expecting that, but they numb you from your gen genitals. So, which is like <laughs> the first time, like maybe the only time you're going to get numb, <laughs> numb's eyes from your genitals, right? And even then, you still feel the pain. It's oh not completely, God. you just don't, yeah, you just don't feel the moment that they are like. I didn't know this was happening. Razoring at the meat. <laughs> <laughs> the skin, but you still feel the stitches after that, you know. <laughs> they stitch you up. Yeah. Are you like traumatized forever from this experience? It's so, and everyone knows about it too, like really? Yeah, like everybody, everyone in my neighborhood. And most of my relatives were there. They were watching. Okay. Yeah. And I tell my uncle, like, hold my, hold my legs really tight because I might, like, kick this guy. <laughs> because I was, like, yeah. I was, like, in so much pain. Oh. oh, my God. Literally, like, so much pain. Why? Why do they do this? I don't understand. Yeah, religion. I think that makes you different from other, other religion. But actually, Judaism has that, too. Yeah, yeah. The, what they told me was... And then after you get this, then they're like, now you're a man because we operated on you. Yeah, now you're... So fucked up. You went through this huge pain in your early age. Now you are a more man than ever. That disgusts me. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, going through is, pain does not make you a man. I mean, it's kind of, it's, yeah, some sort of tribal tradition. Yeah. You know? And uh, What the fuck? I didn't know it was like this. Yeah, it is, it is pretty hurtful. And the reason is sanitation, mostly. Yeah. They, like, do that operation because when you grow older, I think you're more, li more likely to have... Like infections. Infections, I guess. I think that's not true. But also there's this. I think when you don't have that part of the skin, your, your urination is more easy. Or, like, uh, there's no, like, remains left after you perform a urination because... In Islam, when you need to pray, you have to be completely clean, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, uh, you shouldn't have any like bodily fluids in your body. 
keeping your clothes sanitary as possible for the cleanliness is godliness. Cleanliness is godliness. <laughs> yes, I think that is the big part. Really? Yeah, that's why they cut cut that off. So, but isn't that you can easily wash it? Isn't that like the um the sacrifice from? That wasn't Abraham, right? Like, oh, that's completely different. That's completely different. Yeah. Okay. The Abraham thing is like they, he was about to sacrifice his son. No, no, no. But didn't God say oh, this is like a covenant with me where you like cut off your foreskin and as you do that as like a sacrifice to God? At least that's how it is like in the Old Testament. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry you went through that because that is fucked up and psycho. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like that in the, in the culture. You have to have it. If you don't have it, that's dangerous. Like for you in a society, in a being a society like that, that's really dangerous. Oh my god! What a yeah. bunch of BS. You know, I once had this guy tell me he like wasn't circumcised, and he told me like you need to like sleep with an uncircumcised man. It's like the difference between a dog and a wolf. <laughs> I was like, okay, dude. Oh, God. Whatever. But anyway, I never have, so I guess I'll never know what a wolf feels like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here boys get circumcised like right after they're born. That's the best thing. Exactly. That's the best thing. I wish I could have. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... I don't know if it should be done, period, because it's kind of pointless, pointless pain for any child. But I think it's much worse, like when you're, there's much more danger to you, like post-surgery when you're older. I think it's much safer for a newborn. Hmm. But even still, it's like you're mutilating your newborn child. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't really like that as the passage of, the trial of becoming a man is this a horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> In some part, actually, yeah, the hospitals can perform that. I think it is more, it is more sanitary and mm -hmm. could be less painful. Probably. But when I asked, oh, why didn't you give me more morphine? Why did I have to feel stitches, you know, performing on my, on my body and, uh, they told me like, oh, if you don't want you to become morphine addict or like you should be able to feel some pain that like in that way, like God knows like you're able to sacrifice for him or something. That's you, sick. Yeah. If you don't feel any pain that there's no meaning of getting circumcised or something, you have to feel the pain. This is child abuse, like flat out. I'm sorry. Sorry to criticize. It's like why I'm not getting more morphine. Like why do I have to feel everything? <laughs> okay. I don't feel the force to get taken off. Yes. I don't feel that. And. It's also like perform with a razor, a sharp razor, you know, look like a, <laughs> look like a sword. And uh, what? I mean, not a, not a sword, but you know what I mean? Like this uh, picture and them pulling out a dagger from his waist. And, like, <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you don't feel that, but you feel off everything after. I don't know. Well, it's just fucked up to tell. A child, you must suffer pain for God. That's like so sick. No, they sugarcoat that when when they tell you because when you're a kid. But that's what they're saying. No, when when you are a kid, you are most likely to believe what they say in a naivety. Naivety. You don't question that much, you know. Yeah. Of and course. you think that oh, God loves me because I'm going through this pain, you know. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's how you get people who are fucked up have problems later in life if you tell them that you need to suffer as like an offering of sacrifice for god that's that's really disturbing Ooh, are you glad to be circumcised uh i guess yes <laughs> because everybody got it so i got it yeah and uh yeah kind of it's in the past now also but if you would ask, like, if I would want to be go through it again, I, I think I would say yes again. You would do it again, really? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Because I'm kind of so used to that tradition. And also, like, I can't think of myself being, having a foreskin. <laughs> yeah. Well. Just, yeah. I just, I just wanted to be taking it off. 
I'm sorry. Well, we're talking about relationships and then we talked about <laughs> circumcision for almost uh, 20 minutes. Well, it was a great story. I mean, it was a horrible story. But... <laughs> yeah, I remember my neighbor saying that, oh, we heard you. We heard your screams a lot. <laughs> Even though we like closed the windows, we, we could still hear you. <laughs> oh, my God. I said, okay, thank you for the support, <laughs> by the way. Uh, this is so mortifying. I don't know, maybe something, something was wrong with me. Maybe it's not that painful at all. It's just maybe I had a... I feel like it is that painful. Not knowing anything about the situation as a complete outsider, I feel like that sounds extremely painful, like <laughs> even with morphine. I, I, I think I tried to look down months. <gasps> during, no. Yeah, and then they like didn't let me. They were no. like... I think someone like, yeah, someone like holding my, holding my head. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't even look when they like put a needle in my arm. I don't even watch that. <laughs> the pain doesn't bother me, but I don't like to I don't like to see what's going on. Yeah, I don't know if women really care that much about like a guy being circumcised or not. I mean, obviously if you're like religious and that's important to you, mm-hmm. it would, but I feel like you might be nervous about that if you haven't encountered it before, but I don't really think it's a big deal. Anyway, it's time to wrap up our conversation and move away from from circumcision. Yeah, circumcision is an, is an expectation from a Muslim woman, so. <laughs> oh my God. If you're out there, if you're listening to me, well, I'm telling you what's going to happen next <laughs> if, you're dating, <laughs> if you're dating a Muslim woman, so. That's the expectation of a relationship. <laughs> so I think that's related to our topic for today. Yeah. No, it is. In some way, it's, it's related. Our conversation went in a lot of directions, and I do hope to discuss relationships in the future again. Mm. But uh, I liked this. I liked hearing your trauma story. <laughs> and last thing I want to say, everything should be balanced. Not, not neither man or woman should be the only beneficiary or like the provider in the relationship. I agree. If it's in your cap- capability, of course. But if it's not, your significant other should be understandable. Well, people should feel that things are equal. It may not look exactly on a scale equal, mm-hmm. but people should both feel like they're being supported and they are supporting. Yeah. Both in measure. Yeah. Okay, this is Interculture Podcast. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Please follow us on social media. You can find us. (laughs) You're like, please do social media, even though I hate it. Email us at interculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on social media at interculturepod.